Hi, Cherise here with a special announcement. You can now enjoy select episodes of Detailed in video form. That's right. Detailed is now available on RCAT's YouTube channel. Now, you may be thinking, I already listened to the podcast. No need to watch it on YouTube. Well, trust me, if you don't want to miss out, even if you're an avid listener of the podcast, the video format is a completely different experience. Not only is it like hanging out with us, but you also get to hear parts of the conversation that were left on the cutting room floor. You can also see the photos, drawings, and video as we discuss the incredible projects that are featured. Come join us on YouTube. Follow the link in our show notes, and let's get into the details. This is an original podcast by RCAT. Try the number one most used website for finding building product information and save time and money. No registration is required with RCAT, so try it today and get ahead on your next project. Visit RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Hi, Sharice here. I recently had the opportunity to join the RCAT team at Greenbuild's 2023 International Conference and Expo in Washington, D.C. Greenbuild's 2023 theme highlighted the decades-long legacy and unwavering commitment of the green building movement to transforming the built environment to serve, prepare, and protect our communities in a rapidly changing world. I spoke with several interesting people who are committed to that effort and had a ton of great insight to share. We are bringing those conversations to you here on the Detailed Podcast as bonus content. Enjoy. My next guest is Mike Saunders. Mike is the National Sales Manager at Orenco Systems, and he is gonna share some good stuff with us today. Mike is a civil engineer with 30 years experience in wastewater collection and treatment, 12 years at Orenco promoting the use of liquid-only sewer, decentralized and distributed wastewater management systems. Mike. Welcome to Detailed. Thank you. Nice to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Are you having a good conference? Yeah, I actually really like coming to conferences like this because we go to a lot of wastewater and water conferences, and it's this is a different audience for us, and it's it's actually a lot of fun talking to people and in other industries. Well, I will say one of the key things I think we could all do a better job of is getting outside of our bubble sure. and talking to all the other yep. players on the project team that in some way interact with our bubble that if we understood how how they all worked, we might all do a better job. Well, one of the interesting things for me is I feel like we come here with a lot of things that we do do and I learn a lot of things that we should be doing too, so. <laughs> Those are the best lessons. Yes. So we all know that sustainability, all the buzzwords, net zero, decarbonization, energy efficiency, just putting healthier buildings are more important now than ever before. So I would like you to start with telling me what is Arenco doing to contribute to these efforts in in having buildings that have less of an impact on the planet and are better sure. all the way around. So in terms of sustainability, I mean, we obviously at Arenco we're focused on, on clean water and we make no secret of it that, you know, when you talk to people in our company that that passion comes across really quickly is that we're all committed to the end, end game and a lot of us are engineers and I, I think we landed in this space because it's it's something that we want to see and 
I think what's what's really neat and void that we fill is everybody thinks about wastewater management in, in macro scale, big big plants and big pipes, and and we kind of really focus on filling the void that big pipes don't fill. And and more and more people are starting to understand that there's a lot of things that that aren't near big pipes and that they need a, a more advanced solution. And and that's kind of where we landed, whether on purpose or by accident. We you know, we refer to a lot of these things as one-offs, buildings that just need a more advanced solution. Resort, a resort that's in the mountains, you know, next to a pristine river. And, and yeah, they don't want to discharge dirty water into the river. And so that's been, it's just so rewarding kind of being in that space and, and knowing that, at least for the length of my career, there's more than enough need to, to make that make that change in the environment and, and have that impact. And and it's really been fun. I mean, Renko's been around for 42 years, and I think we were kind of doing this before people realized it was a thing. And now it's like people talk to us and they're they're talking to us like it's a new technology. And it's like, no, no, we've been doing this for a long time. We're just getting better and better at it and, and really trying to understand where we fit. And you know, and then when you say sustainability, we kind of get past just even the, the impact. It's like we want to make products and services that that really promote that that we don't want stuff that's going to be here for 10 years we want things that are going to last 50 60 70 years and and don't fail and and last and so that's the other rewarding part of this is now seeing systems that are 30 and 40 years old that still do today what they were supposed to do you know when they were first designed so so i really like those two aspects of you know that word so i'm a spec writer by trade i can't draw i can't draw a stick figure without messing it up and so I'm not very good at visualizing something by looking at a set of drawings. I need you to paint me a picture. Yeah. So I love to ask about project case studies. So can you, you know, pick an, a notable project or something that stands out for you that you have implemented your systems that was really a game changer for that? And tell me about that. Sure. I mean, the one that jumps out at me several years ago we did uh boy scout of america has their i think it's probably their largest installation. i want to say it's like ten thousand acres in west virginia they host jamborees there that all of a sudden you go from zero to thousands of people there and what was kind of exciting about it is not only did they come to us for you know how do, how do we manage our wastewater during these jamborees because it'd be easy to put porta toilets all over the place and call it a day and but they actually came to us and wanted to beneficially reuse, you know, shower water and stuff like that and use it for flush water and complete that circle. And so our technology was chosen. And that's really an example is that, you know, that would be a challenge where there, obviously there's nothing around there to connect to. Like I say, it'd be easy to go to to the local porta potty supplier and order, you know, 500 porta potties to stick them out there. And it's just kind of rewarding to know that in, in this pristine area of West Virginia, that not only were we able to provide a wastewater solution, but provide that that beneficial reuse, and so that they use less water during the jamborees. And I, I was kind of point that it's just a great example of kind of out of the box thinking and doing the right thing. And well, I, I love that example for more than one reason. Number one, my two oldest sons, well, actually my youngest one was for a while too, were Boy Scouts. My two oldest sons actually went to a national jamboree. And because one of them was having a birthday that week that they were gone, I flew down there for for his birthday. So I've actually attended a national jamboree. And you're talking, at least, and this has been a number of years, but at this time I went, that was 50,000 people yeah. in a very small space. Yeah. Tense as far as the eye can see. I mean, you had to walk from the parking area, it was like two miles yeah. just to get to where everybody was. So to have a system 
knowing what kind of these are all boys. I mean, I that's advanced since then, but at yep. the time that can handle that kind of load that you could problem solve a system like this in that kind of environment is pretty damn impressive. So it's designed for 200,000 gallons a day in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that is just blowing my mind right now. It's blowing my mind. It's one thing to go put it in a, in a building. Yep. And yeah, that's easy. I mean, that's not easy, but you know what I mean. You can yep. get it there and it stays there, but to go accommodate that many people. Yep. Great case study. No, it's. I've been looking that up. <laughs> and no problems. Yeah. And it worked well. Yeah. And, and that's something that's also a lot of waste at any event of that type. Sure. You know, because of the temporary nature. You know, everything is bringing all in in bottles. And, yeah, and it's a win win. It's, you know, it's not just treating the wastewater, it's completing the circle and bringing that water back instead of pulling it out of a well or whatever the water source is going to be. Well, Boy Scouts are also very big fans of leaving no trace. Yeah. Is there any other project you'd like to share with us? Yeah, sure. I mean, another good example would be an apartment complex that we're serving in California it's called Cedar Springs Apartments. And this kind of takes it to a little different level. Again, it's, you know, we're providing wastewater treatment as our first task, but because it was a, a new planned apartment, they actually did put return pipes in for, you know, flush water for toilets and and some irrigation lines and everything. So again, it's kind of an example with some out of the box thinking is you have this opportunity new building to actually plumb it a little differently and, and integrate the wastewater and, and reuse and, and again, offset some of the water use, which which of course in California is a, is a big deal, so. I always joke that working in California is like working on Mars. Yeah. And that's not meant to be an insult, but they do have much stricter standards and regulations, even their public contracting rules. So if you want to work there, be ready to do your homework. Sure. Because you're going to have to meet them. Yeah. Because they're also, they suffer no baloney. Yeah. You will meet them or you won't do that in California. Yeah. I respect that, actually, because they have the backbone to step up that game. Yeah. My first rabbit hole, this has popped into my head while you were talking. I spent six and a half years in MEP engineering, so I'm a little bit familiar with water reuse systems and things like that. And it's been a while since I did that. And there was some stigma you know in the beginning of this technology with reusing water and people being afraid of that and i know that more and more people are doing these systems but how do you feel we've come along in that area and, and are people getting better about that a little bit but i think it's still i still think that we're we're probably a little behind where we need to be because honestly, a, we see a lot of people that come to us with really great ideas on how they'd like to reuse water. And, and a lot of times, by the time you try to work through regulatory requirements and everything, it's, it doesn't pencil out very well you know, economically and then the project dies. And I guess there's still a need for really to advance this thinking and, and make it more plausible where it needs to be. And so I guess... No, there's still a lot of work to do. I mean, we're still, I would say we still do as much, you know, over, you know, New Zealand and Australia. We have better working examples there than we do in the United States, to be honest. I mean, those systems are all working great, so. What would be like your top one or two or three or whatever misconceptions that people have that you would like to correct? Well, for me, you know, the certainly one of the scary things is, is I mean, our primary business is wastewater treatment. So when we start to pivot into to more of a reuse system or maybe, you know, I mean, I'm talking even about buildings that are in an urban atmosphere that we might be providing some treatment and, and take, you know, not discharging the sewer, actually reusing it. 
I think the, the scary part is, is then you get into some permitting requirements and some operating requirements that just, that really kind of handcuff, you know, even larger buildings kind of taking that step because it, they're offsetting a very small amount of water relative to the cost that, that has to be put in there. And I think there just needs to be more of awareness of some of the, you know, systems that can be more passive and require less operator oversight and make, make permits more friendly and make the, you know, the approach more friendly. So that stuff like that can happen because we do a ton of our work in in stuff that's off the grid. But I think there's just so much opportunity even in urban environments to to offload sewer systems and offload large treatment plants. And I, I think that that's you know the power industry does it. I think there's a place for it to be done in the water and wastewater industry too. So just more conversations and understanding. Then I, I think that a lot of times when new things come out. Sometimes, my favorite quote is, never let fear stand in your way. Sometimes people let fear drive decisions rather than knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's always a shame. And it doesn't mean that every every new thing that comes out is maybe a good idea. But there's a lot of great things that are slowed down yeah. because of fear. Oh, yeah. Where just, you know... Start having some real conversations, and with knowledge funny, comes confidence. It's funny you say that. I mean, because at Aranco, we feel like we live that every day. I mean, what we do isn't, you know, I'm an engineer, we joke about it, but it's not that funny. Is what we do is it's, it appears in like two textbooks. We're only aware of a couple of engineering curriculums that actually include what we do. And you're right, that fear is actually one of the biggest issues of why. I mean, people look at probably why, why didn't they use your stuff? And, it's, and we just shrug our shoulders. It's, you know, because they didn't understand what we did. Well, hopefully after this interview, more people will do a little bit of homework. Yeah. So tell me about your products. What do you have for me if I am working on a project or I call you up and I say, okay, I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you got. What can we do? Sure. So the so the two main products that kind of guide what we do is uh, Prelos, which is our liquid-only sewer collection system. So that displaces, you know, traditional gravity sewer systems and lift stations and manholes. Uh, so we use that in small clusters. We use it actually in communities. We have communities over 4,000 connections that we use that in. Uh, and then Advantex is our treatment platform. And Advantex can scale all the way from a single family home up to flows up to 100,000 gallons a day. And it's all modular, so we add it in parts and pieces to, to get to where we need. And it's kind of interesting, because I mentioned that we're all, pretty much all engineers at Aranco, and we're very serious about this, is that the products are kind of by default. We're a solutions company first, and we love when people bring challenges to us, and, and we kind of have this this you know menu board of stuff that, as engineers, we can use and, and find a solution. And so that's really, while I throw those products out there, what we really want brought to us is a problem and kind of let us say, okay, here's the pieces we have to solve the solve that problem. And then if you if you want to do more than that, here's the other things we can do. And, and I think that's what kind of excites us at Aranko is is kind of being in that space of being really creative and, and having cool stuff to work with to, to make, make a solution happen. You definitely sound like an engineer. I know. <laughs> I, well, I can't avoid it. That's not an insult either. I work with a bunch of engineers right now and some of the best problem solvers I've ever seen. They, no offense, because I love you architects too, <laughs> but I've never seen anybody get as excited about a problem as an engineer. And yeah. the harder the problem, the more they are freaking out about solving yeah. it. Yeah. It, it's fun to watch. I love it. Over my, you know, over my whole career, my kids could never explain what I do. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better... <laughs> 
all my kids will tell you if you ask them what I do is they'll say she writes some book about how to build the building. <laughs> so you're not alone. Well, they that. just explain to you. Well, when you flush the toilet, he does something after that. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one, kids. Anything else you would like me to know about Orenco? You know, one of the interesting things that in our space, there's a lot of big companies and and. I'm going to say that we kind of grapple with this. People think we're a small company, but we, we were founded in 1981, and we sometimes we've got to kind of kind of catch us off guard. We have 460 employees, and I, I think that's a testament to at least what we're doing is working, and and we're steadily growing. And we're our name recognition is getting better and better every year, and I think that's what's kind of kind of sad. We're a family-owned company that started with a couple engineers. One was a professor, one was a municipal engineer. They saw a need to do something different. They started in their garage, and here we are. You know, still this company in Oregon, but we're, you know, changing the way people think of wastewater, and it's kind of gratifying. Well, it, I am also an Oregonian. You're my second guest in a row. It's like, how? Why did nobody tell me that these guests are from Oregon in Orenco? I was like, I, I was waiting to ask you about the name because, you know, like I know a contractor that did some apartments out in. I don't remember Gresham or Hillsboro, Orenco yeah. Station. Yep. I didn't know you from Oregon, so yeah. Go Oregonians, best on the planet. There's something to be said for the level of service and intimacy that you get on a project working with a company that isn't a ginormous behemoth, especially if, if you have a particularly difficult problem to solve that's going to require a lot of brainstorming and a lot of conversations. And uh, yeah, I feel like that we are slowly but surely losing more and more of that personal touch in our world. For sure, yeah. And I'm always going to call the company first that I know number one, somebody's going to answer the phone. Yep. And I can get, you know, a response or yep. more information or whatever soon. I, I think the other thing that's kind of neat too with working with a company like this is we're always encouraged that it's okay to say no. And, and I think that's because we are a solutions company is that if we don't think we can solve the problem or we're not the right technology, we'll tell you what we think it is and we'll say, no, we're probably not the best solution. And I think it sounds weird, but that is another gratifying part of this is that you're not you're not going to go in and force solutions that aren't, aren't appropriate. It doesn't sound weird at all, but I teach a I, class. Yeah. And in part of is project delivery, and part of that is talking about the relationship between manufacturers, reps, yeah. design professionals, and we talk about that trusted advisor relationship. And I always say the person I'm going to call again and again and again is the one that told me you don't want to use my product. Yeah. Not not in this case, Sharice. I'm here for you. Right. But in this situation, you're going to be better off doing that, or yep. you know, whatever. That's a fantastic testament. It doesn't sound weird. I also work for a company that tells you it's okay to say no. Yeah. You want to do our best work. Yeah. And you don't do your best work if you take on work that you shouldn't have. Right. Or if there's some other solution that'll be better for your client. Yeah. So I think that's pretty fantastic. I'm glad that we're ending on that note. Thank you so much for joining me today and taking the time and just jumping in on the fly and <laughs> I really appreciate your time today. Well glad I'm glad I could join the shares. This was fun. Wonderful meeting you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more, visit rcat.com forward slash podcast to see photos, details, and more related project and product information that we discussed today.
While you're there, take a look around rcat.com. For over 30 years, RCAT has been the resource for AEC professionals to find the right products for their project. Try RCAT and see how their tools can save you time and money and help you get ahead on your next project. Visit rcat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot If you enjoyed the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing this with your friends. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back to share more stories and lessons learned to help you navigate your next project.